You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Negroni. And I'm Travis Imus. And today we're doing a manga recap of One Piece Chapter 1091, titled Sentomaru. And Travis, I think <laughs> this chapter, after we just witnessed, should be called Spentomaru. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Man, so much just happened. Hmm. I mean, I'm spent more, even more than he is, and he's on the ground. Um, as usual, we will be discussing spoilers for the One Piece manga up until this chapter. So if you have not yet read chapter 1091, be sure to do so now for free on the Viz website or the Shonen Jump app. Linked in the show notes as always. And remember, all new chapters are going to be available to read for free up to three weeks after the official release whenever you want if you're subscribed to Shonen Jump, which we do recommend. We're recording this a week late because uh, we had some scheduling conflicts. So at this point, it's like two weeks, but yeah, you get a little bit of time. And again, just, just, just subscribe. It's, it's worth it. You're going to be able to read one piece. Now, if we do have live action people, uh, people who watch the live action show for the first time and are kind of like, I want more uh, one piece content. I doubt anybody's listening to this because of the title. But if you are, for some reason, um, you should read the manga, uh, re- watch the anime too. I, you do whatever you want, but I mean, I, you, the easiest way to do that, the most efficient way to do that is Shonen Jump, but, uh, just print that out there for like the, the statistically improbable chance that somebody needs to hear that right now. I don't know, but okay. Travis Imus, what if somebody's like, I don't know what I should do, but I know Travis and John, they tend to have the answers. Um, and I'm just talking about general stuff in life, not just the manga. Um, but what, what should they do? Because people people come to us whenever they want. I mean, I'm always I, I'm I like reading emails and I like com- connecting on digital online internet communities. Travis, do either of those things exist for Rookie Pirate Radio? Please help me out. John, you are you are such in luck because I do in fact have just the thing for you and anyone who needs to seek both life advice and find a place to put their One Piece theories. You can send us an email at rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. I'll I say it didn't again. Catch that. I'm I'll sorry. I'll say it again. It's rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Thank you. But if you want a quicker response, you want, you don't want to sit there uh, in, staring at your inbox, waiting to find the secrets of life, then you can join us on our In Between Drafts Discord server, which is linked in the show notes. Uh, pop on in. We have channels both for One Piece spoilers and for non-spoiler channels. So if you are somebody who is somehow listening to this and has watched the live action and you still want to catch up, you want to talk with us about it, you can do that just fine without having anything spoiled for you. But we also talk about all the things that In Between Drafts covers from film, TV, music, and more. Uh, and we would love to see you there. But wait, what about comics? Oh, we do have comics. Oh, that was a we close do. one. <laughs> wait, video games? Uh, yeah, even video games. That's, wait, wait might... what if what if I'm not sure which pizza chain is the best between Domino's and Pizza Hut? Oh, you don't boy. have that one. Oh boy, we do in fact have a Pizza Wars channel, and I will add. You're joking. Uh, I will add right uh, since we're talking about. The I brought it up page, because of the color spread. <laughs> because of the color spread. Uh, <laughs> to speak to that, um, just to throw the uh, throw the the ball. Uh, I did tell you I was ordering pizza before this, and it was in fact Domino's, and it I, was. You know what? You're, you're on my side. I'm, I'm on your side. Versus Domino's. Wow. Yeah, it, it, for once we agree on something <laughs> definitely not one piece theories but on pizza chains i think we have your allies um just yeah one of us is love one of us is luffy i think we both know uh that travis is the, the cool law guy huh um but i i, I shouldn't i shouldn't say that because i don't think i'm pirate king never mind uh main beats 
let's talk about this chapter. I'm so ready. And and it, by the way, we should mention, we are going to talk more about the live action uh, on Netflix, for those of you who are curious. Uh, we're hoping to do a longer conversation about season one. That's coming soon. Uh, we hope to talk about it, and you know, hopefully people will have time to watch the whole thing, although I imagine people have already binged it. It's doing super well, so we'll have that conversation on a later day. But Ooh, also, uh, Travis, your, uh, your season one uh, review is on In Between Drafts, no? Yes, it went up this past weekend. Um, it, if you were in the Discord, uh, people would know, huh? They'd uh, be yeah, able to see it. They would see it. And talk about uh, it. And, and please go give it a read. Uh, I wrote it from the perspective of, again, not spoilers. We won't talk about too much about things that might be to come, just the show itself, brass tacks. Uh, but man, that I took like 10 edit passes on that before I even turned it in because there was a lot to talk about for this hmm. show. I'm sure we'll, we we could do it all day. We did it right before we hit record. We need to get into this manga chapter. That's true. That's true. I'm done waiting. I, I feel like, uh, you know, the anticipation has been real. Uh, we've had a lot of break weeks lately. It's been uh, kind of a scattered release schedule. Uh, we're in the middle of a break week now, but uh, excited for chapter 1092 to come up. So let's talk about this one. All right. So chapter 1091, again, it's called Sentamaru. And uh, we again, we have a fun color spread of all the straw hats, except for Robin and Frankie eating a huge pizza with some flamingos. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's foreshadowing something that we're going to see in like 12 years. Uh, but yes, that pizza looks unbelievably delicious. And, uh, you know, I, it looks like they're on an island in Italy. It looks like a nice time. Who knows? All right. So this chapter kicks off on the shores of Egghead Island with conflict kicking off between the, uh, the pacifista Mark III's and the Marine fleet, as well as the sea beasts. And uh, we even see some of the vice admirals too, uh, getting into the fray. We cut to the lava phase where Usopp is remarking upon the ongoing battle and Vegapunk claims that their defenses, and he's talking about the Egghead Island defenses because of the pacifistas and the sea beasts are utterly impenetrable. So Usopp kind of figures out like that's why they sent an admiral, uh, which they have spotted Kizaru at this point. And Vegapunk feels pretty bad about Sentomaru's situation as a result, knowing, of course, it's personal and the fact that he wouldn't blame Sentomaru for wanting to run away. But Sentomaru has not run away. Uh, we go to the fight happening between Kizaru and Sentomaru, which we saw at the beginning of last chapter. And uh, Sentomaru is just barely holding him off but refuses to surrender kizaru finds it odd that sentamaru is helping the straw hat pirates at all but he assures it's uh sentamaru assures it's only because he's looking out for vegapunk the man who saved his life that's when we get a quick flashback to when a young sentamaru met a young vegapunk and kizaru uh, we already learned about this some time ago in an sbs like how they met and the bears and all that stuff uh, this was also quickly teased in an earlier recent chapter but the gist is that Vegapunk employed Sentumaru, gave him a job, who at that point was just a starving kid uh, and an outcast of his village. And uh, when we cut to the present, Kizaru mentions that he took Sentumaru under his wing. We know Sentumaru always calls him uncle. Uh, Sentumaru was trained by Kizaru. That's why his defense is so you know powerful and uh, you know get, kind of getting car uh, Garp and Kuzan vibes for what it's worth. Uh, but yeah, for this reason, Sentumaru is quickly overpowered. Um, you know, he's up against his master, uh, up against his boss. And uh, Kizaru manages to wrangle the authority chip away from Sentumaru, giving him a chance to command the pacifistas to help the Navy ships sink the Sea Beast weapons, totally turning the tide of the battle. Watching this unfold, Atlas and Vegapunk scramble to take the shield system down so they can all escape, and York taunts them with the reminder that Kizaru is light itself, 
and can pass right through the laser barrier. And that's exactly what Kizaru sets off to do. From there, we see the Vega Force One carrying the Thousand Sunny over to the rendezvous point with Luffy, Bonnie, and Frankie inside of it. Uh, back in the Labo phase, I, oh, by the way, I think Lilith is there too, but in the Vega Force One, I think it's implied. Uh, back in the Labo phase, Stussy notices Hottery, the pigeon, making a noise, and Rob Lucci goes after Vegapunk to kill him, to assassinate him. So Stussy takes on his finger gun attack herself, uh, which saves Vegapunk's life, but gravely wounds her. Sanji, Sanji, whatever you like, um, immediately takes Nami's bubble gun and uses it on Kaku, right? As Zoro attacks Luchi with two of his swords. And he concludes that Luchi has made his move now that he has backup, which, like, yeah. Uh, Luchi claims that between him and Kizaru, everyone's going to die. And Zoro doubts this, of course, as he pushes his attack against Luchi through the window of the Labo phase, sending them both in the air. We immediately cut then to Admiral Kizaru behind the Vega Force One and the Thousand Sunny, but Luffy is already outside to greet him. Of course, in the last chapter, he sensed Kizaru, and uh, you know, no, no big spoiler, no big like a uh, twist. It, it just was Kizaru who Luffy sensed. Uh, it was the simple answer. Uh, he attacks Kizaru with a kick coated in Conqueror's Hockey uh, or Advanced Conqueror's Hockey, and tells him that compared to two years ago. The Straw Hat Pirates are a hundred times stronger now. Should also mention a couple times in this chapter, Sabadi Archipelago gets invoked, and rightfully so. This this whole this whole arc, I mean, really, Travis. I mean, we are just like it's Sabadi Redux, but with I think the the pleasure of seeing the Straw Hats in such a different place. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of those things where the cynic in me can't help but be like, "Is this gonna go badly?" But it it it's really nice to see Luffy absolutely go right to the face of an admiral, that admiral having to actually block. I mean, think about not just Kizaru on Sabaody, but Luffy facing the admirals at Marineford. It feels like an yeah. entire a lifetime has passed. Yeah. I mean, within the context of one piece, I mean, it's been uh, at least two years of the time skip. And I think at this point in the story, it's been around half a year, maybe a little bit more since the return to Sabaody Archipelago arc uh, when the post time skip kicked off. And yeah, I mean, Luffy's right. I mean, they were probably what? 50 times stronger uh, at the beginning of the post time skip. And I think that they have like accelerated their growth in that time. I think that's a very one piece thing where they become stronger and stronger, not just when they're training to their own devices, but when they're together, they're going on adventures and they're pushing themselves to their limits. We saw that, you know, from Fishman Island, which wasn't really a I mean, for them, it was like a light jog. Um, Punk Hazard, kind of the same deal. But, you know, Dressrosa was a big test. Uh, Whole Cake Island was a big test. And then Wano was like the ultimate kind of, uh, you know, trial by fire. Uh, almost literally, we're in the anime right now. And we're, we're kind of getting finally to the end of the Kaido versus Luffy fight. And it's just amazing to see that growth, I think, like, over time has been pretty believable to see like they've they've really sweat this out to get to the place where they are now i think it would be very dissatisfying for luffy to not even put up a decent fight if not better than that now here here are the factors that the whole fandom has been debating this and that's can luffy handle kizaru in his current state right now we he noticeably does not attack in gear fifth he immediately went to gear fifth against rob lucci he's not doing that here that tells me, and maybe you as well, that he's pacing himself because 
he's taking this fight way more seriously and he doesn't want to just blow his like big power up something that will really weaken him the other takeaway you could say is that he's still pretty injured um, from everything going on with the Seraphim. We actually don't know if he went gear fifth during all of that. Uh, he probably didn't, um, but it's possible, right? He was really like sweating it with those Seraphim before. And he it's hard to say whether, whether or not he's at full strength. We see him like eating food on the Thousand Thun Sunny because I think he's desperately like, I need to eat some meat right now and get into that place where I can take this on. He doesn't really have backup in this fight. Um, I don't think Frankie and uh, Lilith and Bonnie are going to be any help whatsoever. One-on-one, what are you thinking? I mean, I know you're feeling cynical uh, or wanting to be cynical, but what's up? So the one thing that I will say I'm not cynical about is that this is not going to be a haymaker fight for Kizaru. This is not going to be easy peasy, pick off the straw hats. This is going to be a brawl at this point. I wasn't sure if we were getting a brawl. I was kind of back and forth on how this was going to go. But now that... We finally have an opportunity where Luffy can take the fight to an admiral. They have to get away, but as of right now, there's nowhere to get away to. The shields haven't come down. It is objectively better for Luffy to not only take the fight straight straight to Kizaru, but to drag that fight out. Yes. Um and absolutely, he was carb loading on the ship. You know, everybody was like, oh, Luffy's scared of the presence and everything. He reacted exactly the way that we would expect. You know, hey, he's had a couple of brawls this arc now. Time to recharge. Let's get some meat in the boy. Easy, mm-hmm. easy stuff. Pretty straightforward, Luffy. Um, I'm not too worried about his condition um, because that is the that is the good old fashioned monkey D Luffy grin of confidence. He's not worried about it yet. Um as for not going to gear fifth, I would say that this is a situation where it's not just that he's taking this seriously. It's that Luffy really had to push himself to fight Rob Lucci. But at the end of the day, he won that fight. Luffy, did he really have to push himself? It he, seemed like he did it pretty easily. No, I mean in the original right? fight. I mean in the original Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. talking in, about in, on in, in Any's lobby. I mean, that was I mean, Luffy at one point was basically on death's doorstep. So if you're Luffy and you're constantly thinking about this, you're comparing that fight that you still won way back before you were even remotely as powerful as you were to the man who made short work of you and your crew uh, without you even getting a chance to go that hard. I mean, it would just make sense to not wear to not wear out your your ace in the hole this quickly because in the event that he fails in the event that this doesn't work and you know let's be honest he doesn't even fully understand what happens when he goes into gear fifth he just knows what it is and is kind of working with it instinctively we know more about it than he does and no none of us really know like what the toll actually is on his body uh, how long he really can keep it up you know his fight against kaido I don't know that that's a good metric because that fight was a multi-stage fight. He was literally dead at one point before Gear 5th even kicked in. So, I mean, we're talking about running on fumes during that fight. He needed to close it as soon as possible. Here, it would probably be better to try to kind of gauge where Kizaru's power level is at the moment, not in a power scaling way, but in a how do I get around this guy? How do I deal with this guy who I know for a fact has taken me down before in a way that, you know, I can't just play around with? He's not here to have fun. He's here to take this as seriously as possible. 
No, I think I think you're right. Uh, broadly speaking, I mean, there are a lot of things he can do to drag out the fight, and there are a lot of methods he can use to fight Kizaru that do not involve going gear fifth. Um, but I do think that's where the battle probably has to head if he has any chance of escaping or, you know, dealing enough damage to put up a real fight, but not with the intent to bring the guy completely down. That's not what he's here to do. Uh, he has, he, he might still have those gloves that can punch light, right? That was seated way back at the beginning of Egghead when he was with Atlas. And so that's already sort of been established that that exists. Uh, we don't know if he has that, though. Uh, he didn't know that Kizaru was here until uh, just now. So, like, it, it's not something he could have prepared for necessarily. But he does have at least Lilith around. So maybe he he has access to that kind of weapon, um, which he would need. At the same time, does he really need a weapon like that since he can fight a Logia with, with hockey? It's unclear to me uh, how useful that would be. Uh, but... I just want to say, like, if he does go gear fifth, I mean, we've seen him kind of like manage to like catch lightning. Um, this is like Luffy at a stage where I think we're going to see like a weird sort of like what is really the difference between light and lightning in this respect? Because like he's rubber, so lightning doesn't really affect him. But light seems like a different story. Um, he's weak to cutting attacks. So any kind of like light sword is obviously going to be its own sort of hurdle for him. Uh, this isn't like when he was up against Thunder Bagua. There are a lot of factors. Uh, and I think that Kizaru is really strong. But ultimately, I'm kind of wondering if Kizaru is going to realize that fighting Luffy is taking up too much time and is concerned that Rob Lucci can't take Zoro and that he needs to sort of just, you know, leave luffy be and kind of go for everybody else because if he starts moving super fast what is luffy going to do uh that, that's the thing i'm kind of wondering like what is kizaru's like motivation to stick it out here with luffy because he doesn't have to beat luffy here uh, he can just sort of like be kill vegapunk and do all of that um i don't know if he would want to like try to avoid more destruction because they have to keep everything you know from being destroyed they mentioned that again that that's on the checklist to avoid destroying the power plant i wonder if it's going to be like a like if you know a threat right if like if you don't let us leave you know we're gonna blow this stuff up i don't know there are a lot of directions this can go in because I think Oda, as usual, has put the seeds of so many different possible branches here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be an easy fight for either of them. Like the people who are saying that he's going to KO Kizaru in a couple moves, like that's not what these are for. <laughs> that's no, that, that wouldn't be satisfying. Like, like I enjoyed seeing Rob Lucci get played with, you mm -hmm. know, by Gear Fifth and everything, but I still say i would enjoy a, a proper rematch because again rob lucci is one of those really iconic bad guys kizaru is the same way we need the satisfaction of actually going through the motions on this and something that i, I think is worth pointing out is that kizaru also has a strong memory of luffy he was there when luffy has done some of his most nonsense things and who is to say that he doesn't have information about the nika fruit it's very possible that he knows something now because he's been on a boat with a Gorosei member. That could be a thing that has prompted it. Uh, but speaking of that Gorosei member who's hiding out on a boat, he's got to come out, right? Something has to happen here mm. that forces him to I intervene. There has to be a shoe to drop somewhere. Maybe Black that's Pirates? Our, <laughs> I mean, Still unaccounted? Caribou still somewhere? I mean, the Seraphim seem like the obvious answer, right? at this point because the pacifista have been mm -hmm. regained yeah, yeah um it's possible that luffy beats kizaru and gets the control chip Duh. and then but then 
that seems kind of anticlimactic. So I feel like the Seraphim are the, are the actual wild card in this, where maybe Kizaru re like releases them to try to take control back, can't, so instead they need Jay Garcia Saturn to make an appearance. I don't think he's going to fight. I don't, I don't you think, just think that he would get into the story for that, but like have a big reveal, have a big like, because it would be satisfying, right, to have some sort of progress in terms of the Gorosei confronting main players of the series. So it's I, just, I would it's totally just, be It's there. just the Chekhov's gun of the situation, right? Yeah, like yeah. even in this chapter, we go back over the control hierarchy of the Pacifist and the Seraphim because you know, one, it's a little bit confusing, so it's worth rehashing every time we get a chance, especially with all these breaks. But for two, you don't put the big old men at the top of that list and not pull that trigger, especially now that one of them is actually here. This is relevant, and it will come up. And if anything is going to throw a wrinkle into the Luffy-Kizaru fight, it's going to be Kizaru having backup. I do wonder, because another scenario could be that they fight and they have their big skirmish, and something twitches in Kizaru about what's happening and something convinces him to leave, not to surrender like he's been defeated, but to abandon the Gorosei for some reason we're not privy to. Because I just find this guy so suspicious. I, I kind of just wonder if there's something else going on with him uh, of this being this like lazy but loyal person who's just waiting for the right moment to do a certain something. Because I feel like you need some way to push Kizaru out of the spotlight, no pun intended, so that the, the Straw Hat Pirates can get on the ship and the barrier can go down and they can try to escape and then there's some confrontation between them and the Gorosei of some kind, I don't know. But like, how do you get Kizaru out of that? Well, I don't think Luffy is, has time to defeat. I think to defeat him, he'd have to go all out. On the other hand, if you do try to nerf Kizaru in some way because the Nika fruit is so broken, then... It, I guess like it, it's not the end of the world because we do have the Holy Knights and they're supposed to be pretty threatening too, right? And so like, how do you balance the power scaling there of like, well, how powerful are they going to be? And, you know, is there a way for us to see that in action of like, well, Kizaru couldn't stand up against the Nika Nika fruit, but if Luffy went up against like Figurland Garling or something, he'd be one-shotted. Like, I just wonder if, if we're going to get anything that's going to sort of like reset the stakes a little bit because it is feeling a little bit like... You know, the straws are getting a little big for their britches. They did beat Kaido, but, you know, well, there's well, got to be more to it. Well, and then I take you back to the references. Everyone is thinking Sabaody now. N not just us, but the characters are all saying to themselves, this is starting to look kind of sweatily familiar now. You know, there there has got to be something that complicates this. And again, I don't want to go, I don't want to be Mr. Morge. I don't want to be like, this is all going to fail, you know, kind of thing. But I can't shake this vibe that whatever the Egghead incident is, it is not exclusively Straw Hat Luffy was an Egghead Island and maybe a Vegapunk is dead. There's got to be something else here. I mean, what are, like, you know, the Straw Hats know, for example, about the Mother Flame. They know that it's a thing that exists. They don't know what it means, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people in the Labo phase that couldn't tell them or might be curious. You know, Nico Robin might be interested in something that is a callback. Maybe the Mother Flame is a callback to something written in the ancient Boneglyphs, and so that tips her off. I mean, there's all these reasons why they may want to end up staying, why they may feel like they need to destroy the Labo phase. Um, 
there's so many different things that could really complicate this. Um, and I think that is where the new tension is coming from. Because we're we're all really we're all looking at these fights and we're all saying gear fifth. And we're looking at Zoro and we're like, Zoro's gonna make quick work of Lucci as well. That's kind of how I expect this to go. We'll um, see. We'll see. You know, I, I would love again, I want to see a proper Rob Lucci fight. Zoro can handle him for sure. Let's let that let's let that happen. But you know, they're they're all more powerful now. Sanji Sanji even acts in a way that is nothing short of competent. You know, a woman was harmed in front of him, and instead of being an absolute weirdo about it, he is immediately pragmatic he's got that bob bubble gum he's bubbled kaku before he can even move he is on it and that is i mean that's just competency that the straw hats didn't really fully have at the time so how do you how do you weigh that against the growth well you throw the problems that they have at them in a more complicated way this isn't a situation like if luffy had all the context that we have this isn't a situation that he's going to be able to punch his way out of because even in the even in the best case scenario and they just get Vegapunk out, what does that mean for York? There doesn't seem to be a plan for York. If they leave York behind, then it kind of doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. This is mostly a vanity project for the world government. So like they just don't want the original Vegapunk studying the void century. That's it. You know, a, a victory here isn't even really a victory. So Th these are those complications that we're really going to have to deal with. Sure, Gear Fifth is very powerful, but we've never actually seen an admiral at their full strength. We've just seen the literally climate affecting after effects of them. Maybe that's just a threat. All I can think in this moment, honestly, is are we going to get like a Kizaru weakness? You know, I feel like everybody's got to have a weakness. And I got to wonder if Luffy has been thinking about this defeat from Sabori all this time and is like at this point gonna be prepared of like I've been waiting for this moment and I know exactly how to deal with you and I, I don't know I, I kind of wonder if we are gonna get something that's gonna show Kizaru that like oh I can't actually try to take him down right now like I don't really like in a long drawn out battle I don't come out on top and that convinces him to maybe even abandon the fight altogether and not care because Luffy's not really on. Like, let's look at the checklist again, right? Um, he said a checklist to keep safe: the power plant, punk records, uh, York. So he he can't protect the power plant, punk records, and York from where he is right now. Um, he has to, and also his checklist to be eliminated is Vega Punk, which I think he's communicating with Lucci to help him, but he needs to verify that himself. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I wonder if he's going to try to bypass Luffy altogether or I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not just a clean cut fight. This isn't just a brawl. They mm -hmm. both have multiple factors that they have to take into account that has very little to do with, you know, who's actually stronger. No one gave uh, Luffy food and was just like, if Kizaru doesn't die, I'm going to starve for the rest of my life. Like, I, otherwise, I'd be like, we'll call it right here, Travis. I mean, right, Kizaru yeah. doesn't make it out of this arc, but no, I mean, that's not I mean, the case. Vegapunk technically gave him food. You know, that that counts, right? <laughs> sure, uh, <laughs> sure, fine. Um, um, Atlas but, did. Atlas but, yeah, did, we already yeah. went through that. But that's why he got so mad when Atlas got, got hurt. Yes, he, was, yes. he, was, he was like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you know, good, good, good old Luffy never changed my if friend. If only Sentamaru had given him food, then uh, we'd be it'd be a different story, wouldn't it? Um, right. Uh, you know, I want to talk about Sentamaru for a minute here, because um, they make a lot of talk about defense. 
uh, in this um, about Centimaro's defense, it's the greatest defense in the world. He said that before. Clearly, that was cocky. Um, and Kizaru is the one who taught it to him. So well, I, I mean, it, it, if, I don't think it's that out of place cocky because Kizaru no. says, my defense is just as tough as yours. It's just as tough That's, as yours. That tells me that Centimaro's defense really is like at a level right. that's unbelievable. So now that makes me wonder if if Kizaru actually has defensive properties beyond just our, you know, maybe some advanced armament hockey. Oh, he, or he ate the defenso powers. defenso fruit. Yeah, he's got two devil fruits or something. He's um, a defense where, man. Yeah, where Luffy has to get more creative to even like land a hit. That would be interesting. Um, it would be really funny. This is an absolutely shot in the dark. I doubt we would even see it. But it would be amazing if there was a Gear Forth form specifically, like an anti-Kizaru Gear Forth form that we never saw. And <laughs> so Oda just slides it in here now where it doesn't matter <laughs> just to do it. I mean, you can even make the argument that something like Snake Man, where it's very fast, um, very repetitive, um, difficult to predict, is exactly the kind of counter that Kizaru has a hard time with because, you know, a really strong hockey attack requires him to actually dodge, not just teleport. We see that with Sentamaro. So, you know, we, we've kind of got this weird balancing act that's happening with that little brief fight, little brief flashback that might be giving us hints as to what's actually going on on here that's that's kind of what i'm alluding to in, in terms of like the way that luffy could really turn the table of a fight early on knowing what he already knows about kizaru he's not a totally new opponent i think he's somebody he's seen fight before at marineford and i think he had he's probably thinking to himself things that we've been reminded of in the Sentomaru fight of how kizaru fights how he turns to light but he has to turn back physical right in order to do what he does like he can't just like zip around and be like a bullet like there are limits to his powers and i just wonder if there's going to be something that luffy has already figured out that has him so confident because when he first sensed him he was just like whoa somebody really strong Uh oh but now he's a little bit of like all right i've got this you know and and look we've seen that look on luffy's face before again right before getting wrecked by Kaido off screen. So it's not exactly the most assuring thing at this point in the story. But um, yeah, no, I was also going to mention with Sentomaru, it's kind of weird how, I, I don't know if there's anything of this, but like we don't really get like a full shot of his, like him uh, in the present day. Like all the shots of him are like, and this is just good paneling, but like half cuts, like part of his body, the desperation of like, he just doesn't have a foothold. We never see him though, like in form, like he is just constantly on the back foot of this. And like, I love it in, in just the sense that like, we really see how Kizaru is like just an insurmountable obstacle, but it makes me like Sentumaru so much more than I used to. I, I generally was not the biggest Sentumaru fan. Uh, I mean, we do see him at one point running away, so we kind of see him in form, but it's not like a cool pose. You know what I mean? And I feel so bad because like he's such an underdog here. He's already injured. Rob Lucci almost killed him like a day before this. And the fact that he's still like his his values and his his sense of justice, you know, of sticking up for Vegapunk. I mean, it, it's a way to go out. I don't think he's dead, but I, I, if this was like the ending of this character, or the beginning of the ending of this character, I think it's a, it's a tragic, but very compelling, you know, end of the road for him, I guess. If you, I don't know if you'd agree. I think so. I think Centimar has always been a nerd. Um, but he's I mean, our nerd. He's our nerd, right? Um, you know, he, he's, he's a character that kind of was just always here. Um, he appears a couple of times and it's like, cool. All right. You know, I like the design. Um, 
but it's it's really here that he's given his whole fleshed out moment. And you're right. Some of this has been explored in SBS. Um, you know, kid fans, here's hoping maybe you get one more kid flashback after all. Who knows? But, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where I'm okay with bringing the character count a little bit down. Because, honestly, we've introduced a lot in just this arc, this first arc of this final saga, mm. where, yeah, we could probably start trimming just a little bit off the sides here in these kind of quick battles. Because, again, I think that it gives us information. It gives us a look that's going to be impactful in the rest of the arc, even without Centomaru actually being active. I, I mean, yeah, I just I felt something, you know, like we go to that flashback and Centumaru says if he has a job, uh, <laughs> he's gonna buy onigiri i hope we get the onigiri move from zoro at some point but like that's just so sad i mean when you see borsalino's face i'm gonna call him borsalino in this instance and he's like you he were so adorable back then and that's like a genuine smile you even see him like kind of bantering with Sentomaru, calls him an old man you know i wonder I, I didn't read the original japanese for this one but uh, uh no i did read it i don't remember what he calls him um i don't think it was any key though or i don't I don't know if he called him uncle or if he called just like legit old man because the joke, of course, you know, we get a little bit of Borsalino being like, excuse me, you see this youthful skin? Maybe, Travis, I'm just desperate for crumbs of like Kizaru personality. Like, who is this guy? He's such an enigma to me and I want him, I want to figure him out. I need to, I need to figure him out somehow. I don't know. Yeah, this is, this is definitely a, I think this is a Kizaru joint now, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is where we get to learn this. Um, and, I, and I think that this little attachment to Sentamaro is why he insisted, because we, we talked about it before. This guy does not like getting his hands dirty if he absolutely you know, can avoid it. He, he, he doesn't want to fight Ben Beckman, right? Like, Oh yeah. no, you know, but if he has a checklist, all bets are off. Well, he's right? a checklist. Right. But for, you know, even, even Garcia was giving him an out. He's like, just blow him up. You know, why do you have to go do this? And he's like, no, I have to do this. This actually means something to me. That's so revealing about him as a character. I don't know what it means yet, you know, beyond he actually can form attachments with people, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's an attachment that was important enough for him to be the one to sever it. I would love so much. I know this isn't going to happen, but if he fights Luffy for a bit, Luffy kind of outclasses him, but it's it's not going to you know change anytime soon. But if he then switches sides, pulls a Stussy, if the incident had something to do with Kuzan dying or maybe sacrificing himself or doing something just completely unprecedented, I mean, Travis... How badass would that be? I mean, come Every, on. We've had the admirals for so long that everybody's like, uh, I would like all of the admirals to defect uh, because, you know, a cab, right? Um, except Sakazuki <laughs> because he opened a donut shop. But the re the rest of them, you know, the, the, they can't be bad guys, right? They're too cool. We're, we're too attached to them. Uh, nah, nah. One of, the, one of these guys has to be cold enough to take down his own you know self-appointed nephew mm. and uh you know still work on getting the job done like i think that is a part of who he is i don't think it's a double cross this is kind of his jam this is the man he is do you think uh back to the luchi versus zero fight i think this is a tough fight but I I kind of wonder if Sanji might join in now if it's Sanji and Zoro versus Luchi I mean 
the end. That's all she wrote, folks. Uh, thanks for playing. I mean, I, I don't see how Lucci even stands a chance. Um, I think he stands a chance against Zoro if he like catches Zoro off guard or just does something to kind of disrupt the fight. I don't know. But if Sanji gets in on it, I think that that kind of pushes him to a breaking point that, you know, I just wanted to put that out there because I don't see why Sanji wouldn't join in the fight, right? That's a good point because now you have... You know, the, the way we've done these before, right? There's usually, at the very least, the monster trio will go and do brawls while other characters do stuff. And so now we have Zoro out of the Labo phase and we have Luffy out of the Labo phase doing that. So either Sanji gets involved here or there's somewhere, something else that prompts him to exit the Labo phase. Um, going to help protect Lilith might be it, but who would he fight? That's mm. the question, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Kaku's, you know, down for the count. You know, basically these bubbles are apparently pretty good. So, you know, maybe teaming. I know some people have kind of wanted Sanji to be the one to fight Kizaru too. So maybe they tag out. Um, oh, yeah. I kind of wonder what they're going to do with Sanji. I'm not too sure. The, like the rest of them. Again, I really feel like the Seraphim are going to be the wild cards here in terms of giving us some more threats and opponents, because I mean, we still haven't had Jimbe like really talk about being cloned against his will, <laughs> you know, or without his knowledge, I should yeah. say like, what's his, you know, how does he feel about that? Maybe he wants to put the kid down, you know, put the kid in his place a little bit. You know, I, I, I would love to see a little bit more of that. Um, speaking of which it would be great if Frankie had more than one panel talking with Vegapunk. What's up with that? Can we, can we have these two interact some more before Vegapunk inevitably dies? <laughs> No, I couldn't. I could not agree uh, more with that. Um, I, I did kind of want to mention, um, you know, there's been some speculation that we have not seen a Logia awakening yet, haven't we? Right. So I kind of want to put that into the universe because I feel like we could be headed toward uh, Kizaru doing that and totally like shifting everything we know and, and creating a huge problem. But uh, do you think that's in the cards or do you think I'm being greedy? I've been no, wanting it I think, so badly. No, I think it's absolutely on the table. If if they couldn't, if, uh, you know, you could say that they didn't use it in Marineford for hundreds of reasons because it changes something that would have harmed their own people. I don't know. Oda hadn't come up with it. That's the real answer, right? <laughs> so now, you know, now that Luffy is a certified threat, we know he's awakened. Again, all it would take is a word from Jay Garcia Saturn being like, hey, it's not actually rubber. It's this. And, you know, that complicates things i, I think uh, a loki awakening would absolutely change the scoring right it would put uh, luffy on the back foot at least for a moment because this is it would be something that he doesn't know about kizaru yeah I, I do agree with you there um so i'm just very curious to see it i've always wanted to see uh the Logia awakening and like, what is that going to be? I like, there's a theory out there that it's going to be like, um, kind of similar to the mythical Zoan fruits where they like turn into like mythical beasts. Right. And if there were like, we've already seen the, the Phoenix, like Marco and all that. Uh, if there's like some kind of, uh, if Logia, you like became like the spirit of like nature or something, I forget exactly how that theory goes, but like basically you'd be like the god of fire or something like that. Um, I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, uh, you know, you know, yeah. that's actually you think about Kizaru's moveset. It really plays into certain Japanese mythology 
that's that's you know, that's true. Yeah, the ancient artifacts of right? uh, Japan. You're right. So I wonder if that could be like a hint to what that might take the form of. I, I mean, I would not complain one bit if that's what we end up getting, because uh, the the Logia fruits were once the most powerful, you know, tier of this entire system uh for a while they couldn't even be hit so now that a lot of the time skip is focused on the other two aspects of devil fruits not to mention hockey it would be nice to kind of raise that last little trying part of the triangle up to up to the steps i'm all for it um yeah i agree with you there uh anything else i mean i know we have the battle with the vice admirals against the sea beasts uh i hope to see a little bit more vice admiral action we, we haven't gotten a ton but you know we're, we're getting like little bits here and there do you think they're going to be relevant uh moving oh, forward or do you think that's just really, going to be like the the shield is really the the, the complicating thing with this right because i would love to see sanji react to doll that would be fun. Um, I think the vice admirals would make some decent threats for some of these other crew members to face. Maybe um, I, they need the shield to come down to escape. Mm -hmm. But if that shield comes down, all hell breaks loose. So oh, I don't even know if I want it to come down. Would it be, would it be better to leave it up and just fight Kizaru and Rob Lucci? Would it, I mean, that really complicates everything. This is not a win scenario right now. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, there's there's too many of them with designs now, right? We've seen that we see them fight. They're vice admirals. They are supposed to be Garp's rank. They're not as powerful as Garp, obviously, because they don't have the age on him. But they have to be powerful. They have to. I mean, one of them has like the cool, like inspired by uh, film Z arm like the steam powered like gauntlet that's a really cool that's a really cool fighting augment that i think uh would make some cool choreography beyond just punching some sea beasts so i think i would like to see them come up and and, and get their butts kicked on the labo face as well but at the same time if that happens i'm gonna start getting sweaty again <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, this might not go super well for our gang. Like, uh, I, I, I guess at this point, I really want to know what everyone else is doing. <laughs> we know what Luffy's doing. We know what Zoro's doing. What's everybody else up to? What are they going to do? Usopp's not going to sit there and watch TV the whole time, is he? Right? Like, Yeah, because I, well, I think part of it is that they're still recuperating. You know, they're still kind of recovering from the Seraphim stuff. I wonder if one of them might go get the Seraphim and maybe like, try to use the seraphim in some way uh, even though they know about the authority chip maybe they think that they could like wrangle that away from kizaru maybe they could try to use the seraphim against the fleet without kizaru no, i don't know that's a tough thing no, to you know, you manage, know, that's huh? a good point that's a good point because they don't know that jay garcia saturn is on a boat outside that's true but they, they do, know, they do know that the admiral is i mean they know that the admiral is kind of in control of the situation. Right, but they don't know. They think Vegapunk, Vegapunk can Punk, supersede them? Yeah, yeah, Vegapunk would supersede it, right? Am I, I understanding so, huh? the authority hierarchy? I'm going to slide back on this now to the page so I know that I'm not crazy. Well, in, in this chapter, they don't show where the admirals fall on the authority chip. They show Vegapunk is above Sentamaru and the five elders are above Vegapunk. I don't right, think we've ever gotten confirmation of the five elders 
and admirals are above Vegapunk. But no, I can double no, check. No, the admiral, the, no, Kizaru uses the chip. The authority chip is actually necessary for Kizaru. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, Vegapunk would override the authority chip. They have all the Vegapunks. So then, so yeah, they, how come? All they need to do is shut York up long enough to control them, right? So, so is the reason? So Vegapunk just they, doesn't have a way to communicate with the pacifistas right now, right? Do you right. think he's going to go and try to do that? But he can't because the barrier is not down. <laughs> yeah, he can't because again, we we have this tenuous kind of. Is there anyone stalemate. who can get through the barrier? Do we know anybody? Kizaru would be besides Kizaru and and Lafayette. There's got to be somebody. But, <laughs> Come on. Is, is this now, your caribou Zeus? ex machina of Oh my god. <laughs> of the episode? <laughs> this is it. Travis, you're right. Caribou is the one. If not caribou, which I'm not ruling that out. Um I mean, we do have uh I, I had it a second ago. Um we have the pigeon. Um no, we had somebody yeah, the, else. The pigeon narc on Lucci, by the way. I was gonna bring that up. That was suspicious. <laughs> was it just that Hatchery like had to move off of Lucci and didn't know it was gonna happen? It might have been unintentional. That's that's probably Zeus. It. That's what I was gonna say. Zeus yeah. could do it, right? Why couldn't Zeus go through the barrier? He's Cloud. But Cloud. So it's okay. We can change oh the subject. Man, you don't. Is, you I mean, don't have geez, to grapple with have what to, I just say. I'm gonna like try to figure out what's the difference between light particles if my spouse listens to this she's gonna be like you're such a loser yeah why don't you know, uh, science, why don't you know this you why don't you know science but uh i'm because zeus would still be water molecules even as a cloud you, you it should be different lightning. than light do clouds pass through the have we seen clouds pass through the lava phase at all i don't what your guess is as good as mine what um, my thing with the lava phase too, the barrier why don't they just destroy the power, the thing that's powering it? I don't get it. Like they just it have to bring just, the shield it would, down. It would, it would, it would it shut punk records off, though, wouldn't it? Is that bad? I mean, they, they. I mean, we talked about power sources before, um, earlier in the arc. So it wouldn't shock me if, like, whatever they had come up with was plugged into everything. So I wonder if that's the last down. resort. It's like if Vegapunk at some point is just like, all right, I didn't want to do this, but I'm gonna have to like basically go for broke here and the only way to bring this thing down is by force and that's gonna you know could that be the thing that endangers the mother frame or the flame or like the labs and like because if they destroy the lab that would be another sort of like uh uh-oh we're in trouble because you know stupid question Hmm. stupid question if you shut off punk records do you shut off vegapunk the the satellites not just the satellites do you shut off the stella if you were to destroy punk records so I, I did kind of wonder that for a second, but then I was like, I don't know. Because they just use it to sync with each other, right? Like, Well, it's literally Is it Wi-Fi brain, that though. we're dealing with here? Do they need a router? I don't think so. York I mean, was able to go to... to I mean, we don't York know York was able to disconnect, right? She was able to desync. But it's still technically active. And... But... You think it could be like a big it, sacrifice, you know, like yeah, every, you all the satellites, up, all the Stella yeah, are going to die. Up the, yeah, if you or, blow sorry, up, no, Stella is Vegapunk, right? Stella is Vegapunk. Yes. And since he's the devil fruit holder, because that's important, it's not just that he's super smart. He has a devil fruit. If that brain is destroyed or damaged, it's still a part of his body. Right? Mm, I think so. I don't think it's connected to him in a way that he would die, though. Well, I mean, devil fruit powers work on your 
you know, other parts, why wouldn't Devil it? Fruit powers work on whatever Oda decides at the time? <laughs> As well, we yeah, have established since 1997. The answer, yeah, but every time he decides, the answer is always yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So the, this is a yes and situation is what you're saying. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Is like that brain, the only reason it's so big, the only reason it even works as a database yeah. is because of his devil fruit so i would say i would posit that it, it's not that it would kill him but i think you're right to speculate that there would be a huge downside a huge loss of knowledge a big blow to everything vegapunk has worked for give the guy some kind of thing to lose and make it big enough to warrant this big incident or something but i feel like just bringing the barrier down by itself it hasn't happened yet for a reason and i don't know and i'm just putting it out there maybe in a chapter or two the bear they'll be like all right we hacked our way to the solution maybe that'll be all it is but i i, I mean i hope we get a, a at least a chapter of just like luffy and kizaru like to really again really play this out it's the first time we've ever gotten it we, we need to yeah. savor this i know you know oda senpai oda sama excuse me he he doesn't listen to rookie pirate radio uh he learned his lesson um but i like to think that like if he did he'd just be laughing to himself you know suddenly he and by the way like you know using a translate google translate uh and just being like john and travis you've done it again you've completely missed what i was setting up i i expected more out of you uh we're the centamaru in this situation and uh yeah our, our speculation defense is nothing compared to his I mean, you're not wrong. There's a, I mean, there's a non-zero chance that this comes back at, uh, in seven days and we cut to Windmill Village. Like, who, who knows anymore, right? <laughs> um, that's everything I had for the chapter. A lot, a lot of stuff we got into. That was, I feel like we had a good, uh, nice, well-rounded discussion. Uh, hoping to talk a little bit about some um, extra fun anime slash light novel manga stuff if you want. But um, unless you had like uh, any final thoughts on this one, Not I good. can't. Uh, j- just straight up, I can't believe we're here. We're mm. fighting an admiral. I'm one, happy. one way or another, it's happening. I'm so happy it's happening. It's just uh, it feels like such a long, con- a long time coming. You know, it's been 13, 14 years or something like that since uh, we were at this point in the since we were at Sabadi in the manga. Um, Wild stuff, wild stuff. All right, so uh, we are getting chapter 1092 this week. I peeked at the schedule. It looks like we're supposed to get 1093 the next week. So I think we're getting two chapters in a row, uh, which would be really awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be also doing our season one live action uh, conversation here on the podcast, uh, probably more as a bonus thing so we could cover everything. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. And uh, let's do a little quick uh, anime, you know, other stuff check in i say that because i haven't been watching a ton of anime lately i've been watching mishoku Mishoku tensei season two uh and i've also been watching um a couple things here and there nothing that like i've been fully committed to however uh but i wanted to bring up a couple light novels i i did travis i caught up on mishoku tensei the light novels uh at least the ones that have been translated i think there's like one more volume 25 or 26 that is um it that's already been released in japan or and i think the next one's gonna be coming out this november uh as you can tell i've been staring at the schedule because the shoku tensei which by the way i started at volume 
11, because that's where I left off in the manga. And you're right, Travis, I have been reading the earlier light novels from Ashoku Tensei now, the ones of which I've already seen in the anime, um, because that's my life now. And um, I got to tell you, Travis, after reading, let's see, it was about 13 light novels in a row. First of all, expensive hobby because those light novels are not as cheap as they should be considering how long they are. I just wanted to point that out, but I'm very, very satisfied with Mishoku Tensei as like a, as just as a light novel series. I mean, it's been such a joyful like month of like just devouring the story. And, and it reminds me when I first got into like game of Thrones and then promptly subsequently a song of ice and fire. And it truly is like one of, it, it's certainly a, a powerhouse of a mythology that I think is just getting bigger and bigger thanks to the anime. And I just wanted to put that out there. If you ever get into it, you know where I am, Travis, you know, you can talk to me about it. Um, You know, know, you reached out to me heartbroken too, when you finished that last light novel, they don't all end in cliffhangers. Most of them don't. And this, the one that I get caught up on the one that just came out in August. So it's going to be at least six months or something. Biggest cliffhanger. Like since, I think the first few volumes, like the, the there's a, an incident that happens called the displacement incident very early on in Mishoku Tensei. We're talking like first part of season one, and that was a big cliffhanger. But this is the biggest since then, and it's even bigger. It's so wild, and I'm just like, what is going to happen? And I almost want to, I I want to find the the Japanese translated, and I, I don't think I'm there, Travis. I don't think I'd be able to to read it in the original Japanese and really follow because Rudius Greyrat the the he is a character who is very hard to decipher. I, I do not envy the translators. They must have an amazing time at that. But um, anyway, that's one thing I've been on about. Was there anything um, you kind of want to shout the praises of? I got a couple of other things. Uh, I do want to very briefly touch on Shonen Jump itself. Uh, because we are in the we're in the fall of the magazine, which means it's time to execute a bunch of manga publicly. <laughs> and we are ah. saying goodbye to many series uh, in the next few uh, next uh, little while. Like what? Um, so the one that I want to call out because I actually feel genuinely sad to see it go is Tenmaku Cinema. And it I is not a, seen this or read it this. Is a, it is a manga uh, by the creators of Food Wars. Hang on, hang on. Not to say. Okay. I mean, Travis, <laughs> hang so. on, hang on. It is very much not Food Wars. Um, none of the fan services here. None of the uh, kind of suggestiveness. It's all. That's all a separate series. This is this is very much the the writer and the artist trying an entirely new direction. So the pitch of this is it follows uh, Hajime Shinji. He is a film nerd in high school, and one day one night he goes to a film festival for uh, uh, just playing the old films of uh, a prolific director who's passed away, and during the screening of this film he becomes possessed by this spirit named Tenmaku. Oh, of course, yeah. Of course, as you do, as you do um, at film festivals. And he, this spirit is the most annoying guy on earth because he's a bigger film nerd than Hajime. And over the course of the first early chapters, you learn that Tenmaku was actually the adopted son of this director who passed away. 
and was actually the writer of most of the scripts. But because he was so young and he was he wanted to be protected, they never published his name. So so, uh, something happens. He passes away. He ends up basically haunting the last film that he worked on. And his final script uh, never, you know, his final scripts were never really done. And so he create he goes on the ghost goes on this mission to find somebody to make the final movie. And that's when the plot twists and inspired by just looking at one of Hajime's classmates, Tamaku writes an entire short film by possessing his possessing his new friend's body and writing an entire screenplay overnight. And the entire manga becomes about recruiting people in his film club and this classmate who turns out to be a secret actress because like you do. Oh, because and, we because it has to be even more like Rent a Girlfriend season right, three. Right. <laughs> I this is significantly better than that though, because there's I no there's you. no that like it's it's very passionately about like filmmaking. They talk about like the the kind of like really low rent like effort that they have to put into using an iPhone to shoot this movie and kind of the way they use like a school cart to do a tracking shot or they use a school trip to the beach to do those shots and it's this it kind of makes this heartwarming story because the conflicts that they come up with are uh, come from how do we get this shot to look good and then you, they get all the technical stuff figured out and then there becomes an emotional conflict somebody can't show up to do the lines somebody can't get into character uh, someone's camera shy and it kind of just becomes this fun kind of wholesome student project to get this film made and then they finish it and it's really good and uh her agent mother sees it because they were doing it in secret from her and it changes it, it restores the relationship between mother and daughter they have to rush this whole ending and everything and it was still a pretty good ending all things considered um they they hit the most important beats but man i would have loved to see this this one go longer it's one of those bittersweet ones where i think it's still worth reading it's just a brief like 20 21 chapters um but uh, i i was really rooting for this one let me tell you hmm. i mean at least they get to end it but yeah that is that's a little sad do you think we could get a, an anime adaptation for it at some point maybe one that could you know maybe round out the ending a little bit better I, it really is going to come down to sales because that, yeah. that's what that's what really dooms you in Jump is you have to hit the ground running. We've talked about this before. These days, Shueisha isn't just looking for a successful manga series. They're looking for something to replace One Piece. They're looking for the stuff that can get parlayed into anime and franchise stuff right away. But they also know that if they just blatantly chase that, all they're going to get is diminishing returns so they're throwing all these ideas at the wall they're throwing all of these um you know well-worn creators into back into the fire and they're trying all these new ideas this is not the first like returning successful mangaka in the past five years who have come put out a series got to two volumes and had it canceled hell's paradise's mangaka had a you know a year and a half ago had their series cut short um not hell's paradise but their follow-up Oh, okay. Despite that one being another one that I enjoyed, um, of course, Masashi Kishimoto was running a brand new samurai manga. It was this big hyped thing. Masashi Kishimoto's coming back. He's starting a whole new universe. It's not tied to Boruto or Naruto. It's this whole unique thing. 
and it tanked. So it's a very weird time for Jump where I I don't know. I don't know. I, I do read everything new that they add because I also would like to see some of these new series thrive. And we have seen some really, really good ones, but I can't shake the feeling that you know, Jump is going to run three new series. Uh, they started one this week. There should be another one next week and another one the week after. They do this every year now to the point where it just it feels like the treadmill has just had its pace increased so hard. Makes you wonder. Yeah. You know, like what's behind that? Because there's a lot of great stuff. It's just it's not like it used to be. You can't have really like a big three anymore. We've talked about this a bunch. Um, we're kind of past that point. You know, we're, we're at the point where everybody has their like three or four that they really like, but there isn't this sort of like everybody knows One Piece, everybody knows Naruto, everybody like the closest we get to that is, you know, Spy Family and, you know, My Hero Academia, which is almost done. And, yeah, you know, and, Jujutsu and Kaisen could get to that point at some point. Jujutsu Kaisen is trying its its damnedest to finish. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but like even even being successful once doesn't guarantee you anything right. anymore. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to happen with Chainsaw Man. Um, you know, if that's going to be diminishing returns. Um, Howl's Paradise, I don't think, blew up as much. There's Demon Slayer, you know, but again, that's one that's like, it's already, what, 200 chapters in? Black Clover is on its way out. They're kind of rushing the ending of that. I, yeah. Oh, Black Clover. Black Clover is another fact. I don't know if you've even heard this. I might be breaking your heart here. Uh, Black Clover is not even going to end its run and jump. That makes sense to me. I did hear about this. It's like switching yeah. over to uh, it was already like a very uneven schedule uh, yeah, because so they were skipping a lot. Yeah. And then there was a huge hiatus. And yeah, so they're moving it to Jump Giga, which means it's going to be either. I think it's like quarterly or monthly. It's yeah, it's going to be monthly, I think. But it's so close to being done. I think that's yeah. probably why. It's and kinda, it's just the interest wild. is not there. Like if you, reading Black Clover now, uh, I'm like two or three chapters behind. It bra- That breaks my heart. Like where the story just like. I'm not going to give anything away, but I mean, like they had a really good, like they were in the zone with that series. And then like the last big arc ended and we just bypassed all the progress. And like, there was this chance to kind of reset and rethink. And then it's just like, it's so rushed. It's, it's unbelievable. And I think the anime ending too had a lot to do with that, but um, yeah. I shouldn't say I, I ended think, necessarily. Yeah. But. I think we're really in a point now where we're going to see more and more mangaka kind of, cut the fat when it comes to their stories because of stuff like that because yeah. they're 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 rushing this ending but doing that is taking such a toll at the same time on the mangaka i i have a i have a sneaking suspicion that my hero may go the same way because we've had multiple i don't know if you're reading it and again i don't want to not spoil anything up, no. um we've had multiple weeks where my hero academia chapters are literally half of a regular shonen jump chapter that's wild and and there, it's not for lack of trying because the pages that are coming out are great. They look stellar. Like story is moving forward. They're not, you know, it's not like it's spinning its wheels at any regard. But it's very clearly taking its toll to get finished. And I mean, that's why Demon Slayer ended after two hundred chapters. That's why Mashal finished before it even hit two hundred. Like. Why, you know, you do this, you get your anime deal within your first year and a half now, unless you're Sakamoto days for some reason. And then you, you just move on. I mean, Kaiju number eight only has like 60, 70 chapters and it's already got its anime on the way next year. And that manga gets every third, you know, every fourth week off completely, you know, just as a, just as a break, like naturally as a part of their schedule. So like, 
I I mean, we're really at the precipice of I think some changes to seismic this shift. format. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to happen everything's one way or the change. other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we should mention. I mean, this is going to be for people like you and me. I mean. Once the writers strike in Hollywood and like, you know, we're going to be facing a, a situation where TV and movies is going to be bleak. It's already bleak, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sort of especially TV for me right now. Very few shows I'm interested in. And I'm, you know, I, I'm spending way more of my time prioritizing stuff coming out of Japan at the moment. But I think Japan is going to be going through all kinds of stuff right now. Just watch the first episode of Zom 100. You know what I'm talking about. Um, on that note, I will say like. Boruto, Travis, you warned me, but you you couldn't have possibly warned me enough. I, I'm 65, 66 chapters into the manga trying to catch up out of obligation. <laughs> it is bad. Like, it is just, I don't know what happened. Like, I, I genuinely, like, it's better than the anime. I'll give it that. The anime is unwatchable for me like i See, genuinely cannot sit through it what's wild about you saying that is that i would still take the anime and all of its silly filler over this because at least the anime for a while got to be about a ninja kid going to ninja school and doing ninja kid things and then the stuff that they did to like yeah. follow up like with the earth kingdom or to uh earth you know kingdom. explore avatar <laughs> but no you're right that oh, filler arc goodness, it's like that filler arc with that, uh, not the Hokage, but the, the, the Kage Suki of Kage. The, the one in the clouds or the stone. And it's like the yeah. old man from Naruto. Yeah. That was a good yeah, and arc. They, and they, like, you and could have told me that was canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's a character that they weren't going to use in the manga. They even got to do a character arc with him. Yeah. So, you know, like it was actually good. Bits I started Boruto with the much anime. Much better than the manga. <laughs> Well, I started it with the anime and I'd say like the first first like 50, like most of the first part of it is like way before the manga starts. And that stuff was decent. Like it wasn't a great anime or anything, yeah. but actually like it falls off for me once we get to like the scientific ninja tool stuff and you get to the like, stuff that they need for the manga, you mean? <laughs> All the stuff involving the manga. I mean, once you get into the karma, once you get into the the Otsuki Ishti stuff, like I like budget Akatsuki. That's all it is, and it's not interesting. And I get the idea of like, well, we gotta sort of almost like reclaim or kind of like what's the word? Uh, we need to refresh, or we need to vindicate, or we need to, we need to like salvage how bad the Deus Ex Machina stuff was at the end of Naruto. We have to like the whole sort of like Kaguya, like all of a sudden at the very end, the villain was this person all along. Well, Boruto coming in is like now we're really gonna we're gonna resolve that. Don't worry, it was a uh, plan all along. You know, like, all right, sure, whatever, whatever you say. Kishimoto definitely had that in mind. But no, uh, manga is terrible, and I'm hoping that that like Travis, a couple people have told me that like, hey, maybe it's gonna. It's going to get off here soon, and I'm sticking with it because how, how Naruto and I go way you? back. But How far are you? To 65, 66, I want to say. Uh, let me remind myself. I, so basically, the there's code a moment. stuff is happening now. Like, okay, Code so and Kawaki are, are doing their thing, um, fighting. And you are Boruto's very fight close to the... To the uh, yeah, you're pretty close to, if not right there, and I'm probably going to be wrong about this and somebody's going to correct me, but uh, you'll recall... Earlier in this episode, I mentioned Masashi Kishimoto made a new series and then it got canceled. After, well, that's why I'm getting back into it. Yes, because he's coming yeah. back. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he comes back around where you are now. And there is a very noticeable shift. And I got to be honest, it feels mean. 
it feels like Kishimoto busted down the doors and like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was like, oh, you want Naruto? Is that all you want? Well, fine. (laughs) And I'm going to make it hurt. And it doesn't make it much better. Like I'm mostly reading it out of obligation just because someone will ask me one day, I'm sure. But it's a responsibility. uh, I'm glad it's monthly. I'm glad it's huh. monthly. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine like even just binging it is pretty. I can only read like one chapter a day, to be totally honest with you. Um, there are times when I'm just like, all right, I'll read the next one. I am a little bit hooked, but then it, I can't. I At this point, reading more than two in one sitting is too much. Um, I you do want to bring up light shame. novels, please. Oh, I was going to say, I was, was going to do one more Naruto thing. Sorry. Go for it. Uh, I was going to say, it's a shame because you know, it was really good. Mm. that uh minato story i didn't read the the one shot you're talking about yeah the one shot for the character poll okay that was actually good there was a sasuke one too right uh there there was this one this one with uh, minato and like the story of like the rasengan so the the reason it exists is they did a character poll for the anime's anniversary and uh kishimoto basically was like whoever wins gets i will write a thing about them like he didn't have any plans it was just the prompt is going to be who is the character you want content for and minato won by like a hair so it was either going to be the fourth okage or itachi those were your (laughs) those were your content options i'm so glad Um, minato won i mean (laughs) so there was there was there was much gnashing of teeth and wailing in my household when that when that poll ended well uh hopefully hopefully people weren't just like oh we were talking about minato the fourth okay we're talking about minato the prefecture in japan excuse me yeah it's but he so kishimoto sat down to write it and he kind of settled on what he was going to make and then he he said that it actually went twice the length of what the original like pitch was um and and because of that it's a little it's a little bit more wholesome it has a little bit more uh, emotion to it it feels like good naruto <laughs> Because Naruto, like, it's easy to shit on it, right? But it was good once. That's why we talk about it. Of course. Yeah, it had its time, though. And I feel like we're trying to drag that out in a way. But uh, I'm not complaining. I mean, people, I'm sure some people get something out of Boruto that makes them feel something. And I'm not going to take that away from them. Can I talk about my Isekai novels now, please? Yes. (laughs) I only have three to bring up. Um, Well, the first one I brought up before, which is Berserk Gluttony. I'm on number five, and I'm very excited for the anime. I've read some of the manga, too. The manga is okay, and I know I said that last time. The anime, I think, will be fun. My thing with Berserk of Gluttony, it should have ended by now. I'm really feeling like they're stretching it out, and it's kind of past its peak for me at this point, but I like the characters, so I'm like, I'll keep hanging out with you guys, but... You know, like we graduated from middle school, like it's probably time to go to our own respective high schools and say goodbye, but it's still with us. And uh, I think it's like eight or nine novels in at this point. So I'll be caught up pretty soon. I won't be sad. I won't be like depressed like I've been in the past. You know me. Um, I also started reading The World's Finest Assassin. Uh, Let me make sure I read the the whole title, actually, because I don't have it in front of me. It's like The World's Finest Assassin Gets Reincarnated Something. Um, so I'm going to, there we go. Gets reincarnated in another world as an aristocrat, which I'm, I'm just on the first novel for that. And I watched a little bit of the anime, like a couple months ago. And 
I wasn't grabbed by it. Like I watched the first like 10, 15 minutes and I was like, I don't know. And then I saw it was a light novel and I was like, I'm having better luck with light novels. <laughs> so I'm going to try that and then uh, maybe revisit the anime. And I like it. It's kind of fun. I don't know if you ever watched the anime or got into it at all, but it's it's a fun it's it's an isekai. You know what it you know what the deal is. He's been tasked with assassinating the hero who's going to defeat the Demon King in 18 years. And so he's gonna grow up doing everything he can to assassinate someone who's impossible to kill. Fun premise, not gonna lie to you. And uh it's, well, it's isekai. Why do you think that it, why do you think that is um that you're having a lot like these light novels when you pick them up and read them, you're having a much better time than their adaptations? Is it just are the adaptations weak? Um are they missing things? What's what's up with that? A lot of the time the animation is compromised because I think that the animation can be, first of all, like very fan servicey, but also it just it has like kind of a low budget quality to it that really sticks out to me. I also think that the anime doesn't pace things super well. The, the anime starts with a scene that happens way farther. I haven't even gotten to the point of the light novel where the first scene happens. And the, it gives away a lot that I think is really fun to discover. But I think they do that because it's a scene that's meant to be kind of this payoff of like, here is this assassin at his full sort of like, you know, the height of his powers or whatever. It's kind of like how Boruto kind of starts off with that tease, except instead of a tease, it feels a little bit too much of like, all right, I know where everything's headed. So it kind of robs me of like the buildup. Whereas the light novel has a slower start, but it kind of trusts you a bit. And it also the anime drags his life as like an assassin in our world. So the premise is that he's like the world's greatest assassin. He dies and then he gets reincarnated to be an assassin in a fantasy world, an isekai, uh, because of his skills on Earth. Fun. But for some reason, they're like, well, we got to have like a 15 minute sequence of like, you didn't need that. Just like of him like, when he's old and over the hills, the light novel just glosses over that and gets right into it. And it, it kind of reminds me of like um, when you were with like the early Naruto, where a lot of it is like uh, it there's a little bit more thinking stuff going on. He's an assassin. He's like a shinobi. Like he can't just sort of win by force. So like a lot of it is strategy and like, how am I best going to be able to assassinate this person? Like a lot of the the novels, him just picking his skills. He has like a limited set of skills he's allowed to pick. He has a huge advantage, but he thinks like an assassin and like how he's going to do that. And of course you're right, Travis, you don't even have to bring it up that uh, this is about a, a man who had a cold heart as an assassin and finding love in a harem, obviously, um, you know, in this fantasy world, what are you going to do? It's what we've been, it's what we're here for. It's why Isekai exists right uh so i enjoy it but i would say that uh, the light novel i'm liking more than the anime i finished the first episode of the anime and i was like whatever but uh i i, I do want to keep watching it because i like in tandem um now that it's it, it does do that first scene but then it goes back and so I'll, I'll keep tracking with it travis and i'll let you know if it's um continues to be fun trash uh and then the last thing i had was um disciple of the leak the leash or how I was cursed by the, I don't have the title in front of me. I'm trying working off memory or how I was cursed by the gods and dropped into the abyss. That's it. Um, have you heard of this thing? I don't even know if it's an anime. I just started reading it. I, uh, no, (laughs) this one. I I mean, that was a vague title to be fair, but (laughs) vague title. Yeah. Could it, could it have possibly, um, so the premise of this one, and again, light novel, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's already an anime or it's going to be one at some point. But um, so the the premise of this is like this kind of loser guy, kind of kind of your typical like Mishoku Tensei kind of like life sucks. He's 20 years old, 
he has nothing going on for him. He has a cat that he loves, but he gets swept away by a a god who's just like, haha, you have been isekai'd and very self-aware, very meta. Just like he's like, oh yeah, like in light novels. Okay. But the god apparently says that like the gods actually read isekai and find them very fun. Congratulations, you get to be in the Hunger Games. We're creating like an isekai for gods, so it's meta meta. And um, at first it's like, oh, and you get all these cheat skills, you're gonna have all these powers. And he's like, could I go home? I have a cat. I really want to take care of my cat. And the god gets super offended. It's just like, are you joking? This is the whole point of this is for you to put on a show and to be entertaining. And so he punishes him by throwing him into the hardest part of like this abyss um, without any advantages, no extra skills. And it's just this guy who he kind of reminds me of the the character from that anime, the the guy, the Tyler sci-fi anime. I'm gonna look this up. It came out in like the ni- 80s or 90s. I have no idea. Oh, uh, the, what is it? The Great Captain Tyler? Yes. He's kind of like that protagonist where he fails his way to success from being just kind of a nice, quirky guy. I love it so far. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, that's no, my that's, healing. That's great. I I can't wait till uh, till I can see. Of course, uh, listeners can't see this, but I can't wait till I see just a giant wall of light novels behind you, just <laughs> threatening at all times right. to fall. It to fall on my head and uh because i mean right now on the camera you just see all the cracks in my skin from where domestic girlfriend broke me and you can see the the light novels reaching out and gluing me back together while you're trying to talk to me about the one piece manga every week i, I mean I, I mean you say you say domestic girlfriend's the one that damaged you but if but if there's, there's anything that's caused you like physical harm let's face it it's rent a girlfriend that's psychic damage I think we can, I mean, also rent a girlfriend. Um, no, never mind. I'm not getting into that right now. No, that's already been invoked too many times. Uh, we'll be back uh, to talk about like One Piece live action um, or the or chapter 1093, or sorry, 1092, uh, whichever comes first. Um, but thank you so much for listening. We hope to connect with you on the Discord. And uh, Travis, are you going to watch the One Piece live action season one again? I do intend to run it back in the Japanese dub. Uh, if only because they went through the effort of getting the yeah. Straw Hats to voice them. That was a classic I, I, I gotta setup. Do it. I, I got to do it. <laughs> I might do the same. I, I want to watch it again because I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, uh, all right. We'll be back later. See you, everybody.